also have pollution sources inside your home. Maybe your daily cleaning, taking up dust in the air while you're, you're dusting off your furniture. But it could also be lighting candles, the fireplace, cooking food. All of those things create a lot of pollution. Not as much as a car, but we also need to remember that the room space that you have inside your home is, is much smaller than you have outside. So when you have a pollution source, it's not going to be diluted in the same amount of air. So a small emission source can create a quite large problem. And I don't think people are aware or think or even think about it. You know? Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Clean Air and our special mini-series on Canthal's new global network of chief ergonomics officers. My name is Dusty Rhodes and joining me today is Anders Sundvik, one of the key members of the product development team at Canval HQ in Sweden. With over 20 years experience in engineering and design, there is very little that Anders does not know about filters, particles, gases or air pollution and how to tackle it. That background has brought him the honour of becoming one of the world's first ever chief ergonomic officers and he's here to tell us more. Anders, you're very welcome. Thank you. Nice for being here. You have an amazing passion for air quality, uh, Anders. What, what is it that fascinates you so much about air? You know what, what really fascinates me about air is the fact that we don't have a choice of breathing it. The breaths that we take, they come naturally every second or every two seconds. And we don't really even think about it. And that also the fact that we, we have to breathe the air that is around us. You know, we have no choice. We can stop breathing for a couple of seconds, but I guess after 30 seconds or so, you have to open your mouth again and take your, take your next breath. But it's so natural to us, so we don't think about it, you know. So whatever, wherever we are, we breathe the air that is around us. Uh, with everything else in life, mostly we have a choice, you know. We take a glass of water, we have a choice of taking this glass of water, or we can wait for 30 minutes uh, and, and find a better, better product to do. Same with food. And, and other things, but but breathing is uh, is really life essential, and I think that uh, brings me to like, okay, what can we do to improve the air quality that people are breathing, and where we are and what we are doing at Canfield is really improving the indoor air quality. Tell me more about the indoor air quality, because when we read the news and the headlines, it's all outdoor air and it's global warming and it's pollution and it's CO2 levels and this. But there is also a distinction between outdoor air and indoor air. What is that distinction in your head? You know, when it comes to the outdoor air, to me, I think that's what people mostly think about when they think about air pollution. And I think people are very aware and in many cases, I think people are also concerned. Uh, they think about where they live, uh, if they live close to trafficated street, or if they're close to an industry, or if they're in a in the, live in the city or work in the city of a metropolitan town. But I think as soon as people come indoors, I don't. I think they kind of stop thinking about air quality. I think shut my windows. I shut the door. I think I'm safe and. I think it's, it's kind of far from the truth because they both are actually connected and they're also split apart at the same time. So when you are in home, 
you'd think that's a very safe place. But are you saying that there's things within your home that could be affecting the air quality? You know, I think people think they're safe at home because home or inside a building is by nature a safe place. The building is essentially a shelter where we go and protect, protect ourselves from wind, rain, cold, moisture, and so on. So this is a safe place to be. And then you feel that you're safe from most, most things that are dangerous in the world once we're indoors. When you talk about indoor air quality, of course, the indoor air quality is connected to the outdoor air quality because somehow you have to ventilate your building. Otherwise, you will get problems with the mold or not enough uh, fresh, fresh air in terms of uh, ventilating out carbon dioxide, for example. So we need that. So we take in air into the building. And of course, the indoor air is going to be connected. The quality that you have on your indoor air is going to be connected to the outdoor air. But on both sides of the wall, outside and inside, you will have pollution sources. And to the exterior of your building, it's quite obvious what it is. It's cars, it's industries, uh, uh, letting out emissions. But you also have pollution sources inside your home. Of course, there is no cars and there is no industries inside your home or your office. But you have uh, other things that you do. It's about maybe your daily cleaning, uh, taking up dust in the air while you're, you're dusting off your furniture. But it could also be lighting candles, the fireplace, cooking food. Uh, and most of those things, we relate to something nice, you know, eating or he eating up, creating a cozy space. It's nothing that we connect with something that would be essentially be bad. But all of those things create a lot of pollution, not as much as a car, but we also need to remember that the room space that you have inside your home is much, or your office is much smaller than you have outside. So when you have a pollution source, it's not going to be diluted in the same amount of air. So a small emission source can create a quite large problem and heavy pollution in your airspace that you have. And I don't think people are aware or think or even think about it. You know? Is that even more important in, in a home or an office environment because the room is, is so much smaller? Exactly. Exactly. It's about the space where you dilute the emissions source in. The effect of this bad air has multiplied dramatically in recent decades. And there's, there's a very famous clip from a, a movie which shows this that you use in presentations. Yeah, you know, I, when I do presentation and I talk about clean air, I, I normally start out with a video clip from uh, Al Gore, An Inconvenient Truth. It's quite old now. It's from 2006 or 2007. But it's really up to date still, you know, because what he's showing there is uh, how the carbon dioxide has developed over the last 600,000 years. Uh, the researchers, they go to Antarctica and they drill ice kernels from far below the sea level. So they go, I think, four or 5,000 meters deep. And the ice that was created there and that they can fish up uh, contains air bubbles trapped from ancient times. So they can, the farther down they go, the older the air bubbles, bubbles is, and they can see what CO2 levels it is. And what he's showing is that the CO2 level has, of course, been quite constant up until 150, 200 years ago when the Industrial Revolution started. And then you can see this spike going up. And it becomes so obvious when you see that movie how dramatically we've changed our conditions during the last 200 years only. 
and how impossible it would have been for the human human being to evolutionary adapt to that change, you know? So we need to protect ourselves. And that's what we're doing uh, at Campfield, helping people to live in this new environment and, and still stay safe and healthy. healthy. All of what we're talking about at the moment is all on a very big level. It's kind of looking at the global scale and, and, and how things have changed over hundreds of years. And, and we're talking about the United Nations and, of course, uh, World Health Organization of guidelines and all that kind of stuff. None of this really works until it comes down to grassroots level where you're making changes in homes and offices. And that's what we're here to chat about today, which is ergonomics. Yep. Where did the idea come from? You know, I don't know exactly who came up with the idea in internal at Canfield, but the, the basic idea is really that what we started the conversation about, that people don't think about air quality when they're indoors. They think about air quality when they're outdoors. And the idea was, can we change that? Can we make people aware that air quality indoors is not always good? And can we make people aware that you spend a lot more time indoors than you're spending outdoors. So it's actually more important what indoor air quality you're breathing than outdoor. And when you talk to people with our customers, it's very hard. We find it hard to find who is in charge of those topics, you know, when we come to an office building. And that we would like to change as well. So is the role of a chief ergonomics officer more an informative one or is it one for somebody who will put measures in place to make the indoor air cleaner? Uh, both, both. One thing is, uh, of course, to, to make people aware and talk about it. I like the word ergonomics. I don't know who invented it in Canfield, but it mirrors over to ergonomics, which is more about your body and how your movements or your static behavior when you sit still can affect how you will feel the long term. And the people that are working with ergonomics, they make people aware of what you're doing is going to affect your health. So sit straight in your, in your back, move the mouse on your computer this way, and then you appoint somebody to be responsible for that and make improvements. So it's both the awareness and the action of actually improving the situation that is the responsibility for that person. And we would like to have the same kind of role for somebody who takes care of the air as you're breathing it all the time. I think it's one of the things that affects you most, you know. In the office, it would be light, noise, temperature, and air. And all those other things that is not air are quite easy to, to affect, you know. If it's, if it's too little light, you can turn on another, another lamp. If the temperature is low, you can, you can raise the temperature. But what can you do about your air? Suddenly that becomes a little bit like it's fussy and it's almost a mystery, you know? And I think a lot of people feel that they're affected by the air that, where they're, that they're breathing. Well, let me ask you, because, Anders, you don't just, I mean, as you said, you don't just talk the talk, you walk the walk. And you are one of the first people to fulfill the role of a, a chief ergonomics officer within Campville, okay? So what, is, what were your first tasks? What were the first things you had to do? You know, we have done a few things. Um, my role is to be an ergonomics officer at our headquarters in Stockholm. I'm doing that together with another guy, uh, Jesper Sondén. Uh, so we're two. So I have a colleague helping me out and also doing a lot of stuff. But we started essentially with two things. We put air quality sensors in the office. So they are logging the, the air quality uh, day and night in the office. 
And it's quite interesting to see how the air quality varies over time and what happens when we come to work, when we go home from work, what happens in the weekend, what happens when people open a window. So all that you can see when, uh, from this sensor. So we're going to analyze all the data. We also gathered everyone for a kind of a breakfast se seminar. And we talked about clean air. Uh, what is air pollution? What are pollution sources outdoors, indoors? And, uh, and what can we do to improve? Uh, and I think it was quite uh, appreciated. And it's really not rocket science, you know? It's not like you have to have a PhD to understand all of it. But uh, it's just information and starting to understand it. Uh, that's what, where we're working on right now. Then we're going to do much more steps uh, downstream here also to get people to learn and try to bring people with us on the journey. So we will do like an ass assessment of the air quality in our headquarter, we'll start measuring in how much air is actually coming in, what air turnovers do we have, interview people, what do they think about the air quality more emotionally, and then talk about their habits, what they're doing in the space that we have in common. Do you think it's a good idea then? You mentioned that you have some help in your role. So in another company, you might have somebody who's responsible for air and the, and the air system within a building. Do you think it's good for them to have somebody else who's kind of outside of that bubble, as it were? Maybe one of, as you say, one of the accountants or, or, or a cleaner or, or uh, one of the managers or something like that, who doesn't know as much about air quality, to have them become involved in the role of a chief ergonomics officer so that together they're discovering all these things about their building. Yeah, this is this is exactly what we're doing now at Canfield because when we when we talk about those one hundred ergonomics officers, uh, they are spread out in sales offices, they are in factories or everywhere around the company, and in many of those, if you go to an office environment at Canfield, it's very likely that they don't have a clean air expert there today. So then we have to bring somebody else in, and then we will have to train them. So that's what we're doing now. We're training a lot of people. So the, the hundred people that we have as ergonomics officers, they will get much more training that they then can convey out because the organization is too big to train everyone at once. So it's going to do it in kind of a cascade manner, you know, down in the organization. So more and more people get to get the information that they need. You've been very involved with clean air for two decades or more, and you're still very passionate about it. And now you have found yourself as a chief air economics officer within Camphill. What have you got out of it over the last couple of weeks, couple of months? Uh, I got a lot of feedback from the work that we have done at the headquarter already. And people are super interested. One thing that we, that we started with was that we have a, a measurement device, a laser particle counter that can very accurately count extremely small particles, but it's handheld and it uh, runs on a battery. So we made that available and now people are borrowing it home and I, I encourage them to do their own clean air journey, you know? So start, start outside your home or inside your home and start measuring and then outside your door and then places that everyone passes on their way to work. My closest street crossing, when I come to my bus station or train station, when I arrive to my final bus station or final destination, when I come to office, outside the office, how is it there or how is it when I come inside my office and follow that journey. 
and people really caught on. Everyone is, where's the particle counter? Can I borrow it? You know, and so I, I think that tells me that it generates interest. You know, I, I'd like to figure out, you know, how, how is my situation? And I think my point with it is that people would discover that it varies a lot depending on where you are. You will see. And then once we find those things, you know, that I measured this outside my home in the suburb and I measured this in the street crossing in the, in the city center, then we can start discussing why it looks so and why it's so different or why it's different in different rooms in our own office, for example, uh, and start reflecting over it. And then once you reflect over it, then you can discuss solutions of how you can actually improve in all those situations. It has been absolutely fascinating chatting with and learning from you, Anders. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. It was great being here. Thank you. If you would like to find out more about this entire area, you can go to www.chiefergonomicsofficer.com where you will learn more and you're able to join the initiative there as well. There is a LinkedIn group, which you're welcome to join us on also. Links for both of these are in the show notes, which you'll find in the description area of this podcast on your podcast player. Do join us next time as we keep you up to date with the latest issues on our Let's Talk Clean Air podcast. To get it automatically, just click the follow button on your player right now. Until next time, from myself, Dusty Rhodes, thank you so much for listening. Take care.